Hello, and thank you for tuning in to The Escafil Files, a book analysis podcast where one diehard fan and one newbie start yet another podcast about Animorphs, the children's book series by K.A. Applegate. I'm Danielle. I use she or they pronouns. You can find me on the internet at redtailtalk90. And my co-host is Jade. Hello. Hi, it's me, Jade. I'm back. You know where to find me. If not, it's Twitter at JadeOxfordRose, and I use they, them pronouns. We'll be making our way through the books one book at a time, analyzing the themes and how they stand up to time, and sharing the experience with our friends on Discord, the link to which you can find in the show notes. Uh, today we're not going to be discussing a full other book. We're actually going to be going into a little bit of our discussion for book 29, uh, because I wanted to get Jade's perspective on the matter. Um, yes. I had, so. I had thoughts on the book. I just, um, was not in a position to dive into the nitty-gritty of all aspects of it, which was why I forwent my place at the table to the illustrious Izzy, who was already scheduled to guest. <laughs> I have no doubt she brought all the chaos to recordings that I normally do. Yep. Yep. We went on so many tangents. Shocking. I saw how long that recording went on for. I was looking <laughs> at it. when you. I looked at the comparison between Alistair being invited and Alistair being asked to leave, and uh -huh. I was like, ah, it's going well. <laughs> <laughs> yep yep yeah i missed my other brain cell yeah. sorry you're here now <laughs> at one point i was searching for a word and izzy was like i can't help you and i was like jade would know <laughs> uh, occasionally i have been known to have uses besides uh tomfoolery and shenanigary <laughs> <laughs> and pop culture references. Uh, but yeah, yeah book 29 I want to say like although I wasn't able to get into the nitty gritty of it as I said I really enjoyed the book mm -hmm. like narratively from a character perspective like if it weren't for the fact and I'm happy to be candid about the fact that some of the content in it is triggering for me I would be like full up here like raving willing to read it again it's just a self-care thing that I'm not like, yeah, I want to read that bit again. It's just like, mm, maybe don't do that to yourself because <laughs> that's adulting kids. Mm -hmm. uh, so this book is uh, extremely important for a variety of reasons. Um, one being just the amount of character development that Cassie goes through. Mm. Um, and the other being, like, what it means for Aftran and the other Yerks of the Yerk Peace Movement and the stuff we learn about them. Um, it's generally, like, it, it moves a lot forward. Whereas, you know, usually, well, at this point, we're in the books that don't do that. Yeah. And so it's, like, a really nice, refreshing... <laughs> mm. I don't know whether um, the ghostwriter, um, is it Melinda Metz? Mm -hmm. Um, had just a really good brief on some of the world building details and was like, oh yeah, I've got an idea of what I can do with this. Mm -hmm. Or this was one that maybe KA had a lot of input on. But either way, I wasn't, for all that I'd heard book 29 spoken of very highly by you and others, I wasn't expecting it to be so strong and a ghost written book. I was like, oh, did mm -hmm. KA come back with one? No, no, this is one of the ghost written ones. Yep. Proof that they're like credit to the ghostwriters like just because they're not necessarily named doesn't mean they're going to be bad at what they do frequently they can be very good at what they do 
Mm-hmm. So, I just, yeah. what to say? Because <laughs> we're off our usual format. I'm just yeah. like, hmm. How do, we're, we're both floundering, just like, yes, we want to talk about this. But also, Danielle's already talked about it all, but also I want to talk about it some. And it's like, yeah. hmm, where do we go from here? So I love how competent Cassie is in this book. Yes. Competency porn, and I, I know not everyone vibes with the turn, but it is one of my, and it's a turn that, uh, what's his face? John Rogers, uh, mm-hmm. I believe, coined with regards to writing leverage. Mm-hmm. Seeing characters be good at what they are doing, mm-hmm. or being incredibly good at what they're doing is incredibly gratifying to read or watch as a consumer of a piece of media, especially if it's a, character that we sympathize with because mm-hmm. it can be very exhausting to see characters get like worn down beaten down lose like as somebody and i know danielle you're the same who's played a lot of tabletop games frequently rolling badly and having bad things happen is demoralizing yes whereas yep. getting to see somebody meet a challenge and succeed and keep succeeding despite the odds Mm-hmm. You are just like, yes, and it, you're just so invested. And for all that we like an underdog, and to be fair, when you're the only one of your group who's able to do a mission, and then you have to do another thing, and then you have to do another thing, mm-hmm. it's like, and you like knock it out of the park with all of them. Mm-hmm. When you aren't necessarily viewed as the strong one in your yep. group. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's incredibly good. And I am a fan. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I assume, because we've seen others like running solo before. Mm-hmm. But this feels um, the first time that we've been one of, with one of the Animorphs in such a solo orientated like series of action events, I guess. Mm-hmm. Normally they're not alone. Yeah. We just have like a solo, but we had like little moments, but so much of this story is focused on Cassie and rightly so. Mm-hmm. And it, I do wonder like whose choice from the writer's perspective it was. Well, I suppose it had to be Cassie if they wanted to do the uh, peace movement stuff. Right. But also, and also just like, None of the other kids are going to necessarily be in a position to do a medical orientated thing because mm-hmm. Cassie is at least used to being in that sort of situation, mm-hmm. though not at the same level. Right. Yeah. It's, um, none of the others would have morphed, morphed a yerk. Mm hmm. At least not at this point, for sure. Um, I, yeah, I, w- I will say, like, when after uh, Cassie acquired Aftran as a morph, I was like, oh, so she's going to go into Axe's brain and do the brain surgery from the inside. And then that didn't <laughs> quite happen. And I was like, oh, well, I suppose this is cool. Yeah, okay, this makes sense. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> brain surgery from the inside. <laughs> no. Okay, maybe that is a little graphic for children. <laughs> Very fantastic voyage, I suppose. But um, 
to be clear, I really like how it was handled with Aftran helping mm-hmm. uh, with that. And my heart just broke for Axe in the yeah. aftermath of it. Mm-hmm. And I just, ev- the thing is, often you can feel like maybe one or two characters get, um, get the short end of the stick with regards to characterization. But I feel right. nobody had any moments in this book that made me go, Oh, I wish that wasn't like that. Yeah. Like, Everyone felt very in keeping with the characterization we've come to enjoy. Mm-hmm. And, but also, this is a new situation in a lot of ways. And it's cool to see this different side of everybody. Yeah. Like a vulnerability that we haven't seen from some of the characters. Yeah. <clears throat> it's, um, I mentioned it to Izzy, uh, the one mm. of the my pet theories that I know is not true, but I I love it um, mm-hmm. is that this whole situation is you know part of the the cosmic chess game uh, between the Elemist and Krayak, uh, and it's like Krayak is like they're all gonna get sick, and Elemist is like all but one, and Krayak is like okay, but I get to choose the one, and <laughs> I choose Cassie, mm-hmm. and the Elemist is like uh huh. Yes, you think that she's the weak one. <laughs> mm-hmm. It does, like, reading it just like, oh, Cassie is the only one that doesn't get sick feels a little bit plot contrived. So it being the hand of the Elemist makes mm-hmm. it much more palatable to me, other than that, well, we need somebody to not get sick so we can have a plot. Right. So. I mean, sometimes not everybody gets sick. Like, that's just a thing that happens. But yeah, it does that's, feel. That's true. Given how much Cassie is interacting <clears throat> with Axe compared to the others. Yeah. But also, like, there are some people who are naturally immune. It's like the whole, th- how dis- how we discovered the smallpox vaccine. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. the milkmaids who got cowpox from milking the cows never got smallpox. Right. Vaccines are fucking cool. <laughs> but. Yep. Ugh. I'm all over the place with this book and my thoughts because um, did, I, did I add anything of note to the document? I don't think you added any uh, comments. Mm. There was literally only one and it was right at the beginning. Oh yes, because uh, of Cassie being um, yeah, some with, I have- with Cassie's opening. Yeah, and she talk and to to boil it down simply, it's very much a I have done people think I'm a nice girl, people think I'm a good person, but I have done this bad thing. So I cannot be a nice girl. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting to start from that point of like self-loathing to see Cassie get to be so competent. Yeah. And consistently make the choices that are the choices she would make it isn't that she's necessarily being forced to make a choice she wouldn't want to Mm -hmm. but we get to see those examples of hey look cassie is right and is Mm -hmm. doing the right thing Mm -hmm. and in this case it is also the best thing Mm -hmm. and sometimes it's like classic um the doctor dances just once you get everyone lives yes 
and I and I want to reference to make Daniel happy. Um, <laughs> it's the stuff that makes me happy, obviously. Um, but it's lovely to get to see Cassie have this reinforcement, and for her to see you can do things alone. Mm-hmm. You can do what's necessary when the chips are down. Mm-hmm. And you aren't a bad person for the shitty choices. Like she and we we as we know, and as much as we joke about it being a point of contention about the whole uh acquiring the DNA of somebody without permission is bad, yada yada yada. She's the one that suggests to Aftran to go into Axe's brain. Mm-hmm. And she does apologize to Axe. Like, what well, to be fair, she doesn't apologize. She explains. Yep. A, a subtle distinction. Mm-hmm. Um, but perhaps a point. But she doesn't feel bad about it nope. for long. If, because she was saving his life. Right. And while I'm sure a good, interesting argument could be made about how this is, this is how morality shifts in a war. Mm-hmm. Doing the thing that needs to be done, and like, I'm sorry that you're upset, but I saved your life. Mm-hmm. It makes me really want to watch Mash because I have never seen it. <laughs> I only know it through cultural osmosis. But that notion that yeah, Cassie is the heart of this group, and she falls into, although the personality is different, of the heart aspect of a power trio that you might see. And while she isn't technically a medical person, she, if you compare the group dynamic of the Animorphs to other series, she plays the role that the Doctor often takes in a group. Mm -hmm. And it's really something to see her sort of coming into her own in this role. Yeah. And less of a, "Mm, I don't know how I feel about it, because this is all about her doing the thing and doing it well. Yep. And it's, like we were saying before, competency is really cool to see. Mm-hmm. It's like, love that for her. I've been watching a lot of Queer Eye, so I just want to go, yes, Queen, you're having a moment. Having your moment, <laughs> and it's great, and it's good. Yeah, yeah. Um, we see uh, it explicitly demonstrated that when Cassie doesn't have time to think, she makes pretty good decisions. Um, and she's able to make snap decisions. Yeah, it implies something about Cassie's instincts. Mm -hmm. Uh, Or just underscores, I should say, that thing we've seen time and time again. If Cassie tends to be right about people. Yes. Her instincts are good. It's when she questions herself that she can get caught in these loops. Mm -hmm. And yeah, when she just like doesn't have time to question it, her instincts are, not always, but generally, right. Mm-hmm. It's yep. good. Mm-hmm. Also, I have to say about this book, I continue to stand Eric. I love him <laughs> so much. <laughs> I'm just over here like, oh, we get Eric? Yes! Yep. Here with his projections, here doing like the swab as Cassie does it. So just like, yes, yes, King. <laughs> Literally. Oh, wait, he's. Oh, yeah, I just read his last name, <laughs> King. Fucking yes. 
Go off. But I did like that. Do you know anything about medicine? It's just like, eh, well, the guy that plays my dad was a doctor in like the 15th century, but I don't think that's going to help any. <laughs> yep. Yep. It's, uh, it's, he's very good. Um, I love him, uh, playing rock, paper, scissors with axe for mm-hmm. God knows how long. Yeah. He owes me that $1.5 million. <laughs> Yeah. Is that a lot of money, Cassie? (laughs) It's up there. (laughs) Axe's bafflement about how paper beats rock is precious and good. Yep. It's so interesting um, seeing characters we don't often see being sick yeah um because of how it shifts the dynamic we see a vulnerability from jake mm-hmm. where, which we don't normally see from him and there's something about the things that were revealed about us when we were at our weakest or our, our most vulnerable and like seeing jake lean on cassie and marco Shout out mm-hmm. to the OT three peeps. I see you. You're good. You're valid. <laughs> Love that for you. Um, and Marco like handing the torch over to Cassie, and just these moments over and over and over again from everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I'm very emotional about these children, as continues to be the case. <laughs> also, like a thirteen year old did all this. Yep. Ah. Uh, mm-hmm. Hate that. <clears throat> I mean, it's good narrative, but also that's a baby. Yep. A baby should not have to be doing this horrible thing. Mm-hmm. I can only imagine, like, how Tidwell was feeling mm. this whole time. Like, yeah. <laughs> um. Not just, like, having to put all of his faith in a 13 year old um but also just like that's a baby i teach mm-hmm. that baby like yeah <clears throat> like it, it's one thing to academically know someone is a child it's another thing to have witnessed them mm-hmm. and like being a part of their life in a role where they are but you are so aware of them being a child Right. It's one of those things where you, you see things involving like high schools and middle schools. It's just like, oh, they're, they're growing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, they just, they're not done baking yet. This is incredible. <laughs> but also, ah. Yep. Marginally off topic. I had, um, I don't know what I was watching or what I was reading, but thinking about like seeing young kids around and not necessarily young kids like teenagers and stuff and just having the realization of why seeing teenagers making out makes teachers so uncomfortable in schools we're just like don't do that in the corridors at school and stuff like Mm -hmm. that just like oh yeah no that's why that's so weird because i remember being as a teenager being like i don't see the problem with this Mm -hmm. and just like that that fresh hell of a perspective of being an adult just like mm-hmm. oh yeah no i don't want to see that at all <laughs> no yep yep 
after I'm bouncing around all over the place, but there was a point I had that I was like, this will hurt Danielle. I must bring uh-huh. this up. Um, cause I think I sort of got highlighted in, uh, the Discord channel, uh, talking mm-hmm. about, uh, Tobias being very put out about being in one of the cages at the, mm-hmm. uh, wildlife rehabilitation center. And, uh, the sad thought I had is that being sick must have been such a traumatic thing for Tobias growing up like in the yeah. environments he was if those guardians even did anything for him mm-hmm. when he was sick so no wonder he's leaning real hard on bird instincts and just letting the bird take over because mm-hmm. thinking about being sick as a human has got to be yeah. like super hard for him yeah and also he's away from everybody like he does have friends now but they can't be with him in this moment Mm-hmm. So I'm not surprised he goes kind of like full bird mm-hmm. in that moment. And I know that it's played sort of as a little bit for humor that he's chewing at the bars in case he's like, Tobias. And he's just like, nah, 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 nah. you know, <laughs> as yeah. one might. But uh, the implications of that hit me. And I was like, I will share this with Danielle. They will mm-hmm. appreciate this thought, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. It's like how cats will hide that they are sick because to show mm-hmm. weakness is to make you vulnerable to other predators mm-hmm. um and you know just thinking about tobias who turned around and came back to the barn as soon as he realized that oh i'm not feeling well and i don't know that i can fly straight mm-hmm. um but also like rebelling against uh being taken care of in this way mm-hmm. um yeah um but also you know being caged is oh it's yeah nah <laughs> is uh traumatic from him for him just like even mm-hmm. on a metaphysical level yeah you know think of how he views his human body as a cage mm-hmm. um that you know it's it's interesting mm-hmm. i suppose that and the way just like why axe struggles so much with being sick because it might be his mm-hmm. first time being sick away from his family yeah and knowing how serious the thing that's happening to him is mm-hmm. as well yeah like protect the babies mm-hmm. please protect the babies yeah. I I worry for all that our talk about applauding, rightly so, like Cassie's competency in this book and her getting her fuck yeah, she can do all the things. Well it comes back to the point we've raised before, and again it's one of those things that you and I are not necessarily the best people to have this discussion about how it falls to the black woman or the black child. Mm-hmm. To be the one to do this. Yeah. And again, this is, this loops back to the conversation around color blind versus color consciousness and mm-hmm. how that implication might not have even occurred to yeah. them. But I've seen a lot of like philosophers and activists talk about how black girls are expected to grow up a lot faster 
yeah. uh, than their peers and are often sexualized younger as well. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's just one of those things that niggled at my brain when yeah. reading it, as awesome as it was when we were sharing in Cassie's triumph with her. Yeah. It's sort of um, like, yeah. Yeah. If you're a black listener, then I would really love to hear your perspective on the, the mm. kind of trade-off between this, this um, hyper-competency, hyper-viewing black children as adults um, versus being able to see a black character be extremely competent and save everyone else. Um, I would love to hear uh, your perspective yes. on that. Um, because it is, you know, you when you only have one black character, mm-hmm. you like you have to make choices about that. Mm. Um, and obviously, the solution is to have more than one black character, so you can show a wider range of response mm-hmm. to certain things. Um, but also, I'm interested to hear, you know, yes. Is there a trade-off happening here? Um, do you think it's a favorable trade-off or no? Um, uh, yeah, absolutely. One of those things I didn't want to go unaddressed in our mm-hmm. discussions, even if there's only so far we can take the discussion. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. um. Uh, so how about, uh, Tidwell and Ilum? <laughs> Goodbye. I just, there is something, um, about, I really like one that it's that comp, that we hear about this conversation that was had between them and it seeing this new aspect to the Yerk Peace movement that we haven't really seen before and how you can go from, enemies to compatriots mm-hmm. um and there is something i'm not saying i don't know what the adjective i'm looking for is and so mm-hmm. we'll just leave a blank space there but knowing that tidwell was in such a dark place with his grief mm-hmm. to then have this purpose again and be part of something mm-hmm. and just like doing what he can it's just good shit this is the kind of stuff i like i like complicated people mm-hmm. and just like some of the conversations that happen between tidwell and cassie and Ellen and cassie just mm-hmm. I like getting to see these shades given to the Yurks because yes. having the monolith of the Yurk Empire is really convenient for when you're telling a war narrative, but it's boring as hell. Yep. And not realistic. Yep. And mm. I like how it gives a context to Cassie or for Cassie about one, about this movement that she's sort of aware of but not hadn't really interfaced with, I guess. Mm -hmm. And just like the parallels of Tidwell and Ellen versus Cassie and Aftran. Yeah. It's, uh, 
I mean, it, it is something that Cassie puts, uh, points out even explicitly in this book. You know, it is easier for the others if they think that all of the Yerks are evil and subhuman. Um, like she says that almost verbatim. Mm, uh, yeah. And so, like, it's, it's definitely not a subtle moral. <laughs> um, but I'm really, really glad it's here. Yeah. Um, like, it was so necessary in order to tell the kind of story that they're wanting to tell. It is so necessary mm -hmm. to have that in here and to mm -hmm. show Yerks as individuals who mm -hmm. can choose to be better um, yeah. and who can have, you know, relatively healthy relationships with hosts. Mm. Um and it's this the relationship between Tidwell and Ilum in particular is like the foundation that launches a million headcanons about how the Yerk is run. The Yerk Empire mm -hmm. is run, right? Um mm -hmm. it's between this and nineteen, this is basically most of what we get mm. regarding like Yerk society and stuff like that. Um, like we don't, as far as I can remember, we don't get another look at this really. Mm. Certainly not in this depth. Um, yeah, getting to have that, I think it's something that we haven't necessarily talked about on, um, unnecessarily on, mm -hmm. um, Escafil, though I know you and I have talked about it. Mm -hmm. Um, though we probably have, and I'm just, my brain is a sieve. But Cassie getting to experience what a yerk pool is like. Yeah. Uh-huh. And the yerk instincts of, oh, this is where I'm meant to be. Uh-huh. Because Cassie isn't a starving yerk when she goes into the yerk pool. Right, yeah. And it's, yeah, it's like the difference between eating to stay alive Versus like enjoying a good meal, like, oh, I can taste this mm -hmm. and I can enjoy this. And that witnessing of what it is like for the Yerks mm -hmm. and knowing that they are deprived of this mm -hmm. and like very like immortal judges, like, do not become addicted to water, my friends. <laughs> you know, just like, oh, well, if we keep them like super hungry like oh yeah well keep the keep the senses keen and if they don't get too much what they want they'll be easier to control and it's yeah. such a terrifying line that the council of 13 and the Yerk empire's like operating system like how they work like it would be so easy to disrupt that mm -hmm. like and i say this uh, as thoughts develop in my head of possible <laughs> dumb kids stuff for Keldado. Uh -huh. But it's like, what if you just like fucking built a yerk pool and just like, hey, we've got this. You can come and you can feed. All we ask is this. And how many people would take them up on it? Mm -hmm. And it's like, food is a basic, is a basic human right. Mm hmm. And it's a basic right of all things that need to eat, so much as you may 
ascribe sapience or sentience or not. But like the ability to survive shouldn't be restricted like that. Yeah. You know what it and, uh, makes me think mm-hmm. of um, Meat and content warning for eating disorders mm. is it makes me think of the kind of fat phobic society we live in where it's mm. not just like, it's not just depriving people of food, although that is also happening. It's yes. also telling people that enjoying food is bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's something I try not to do. I'll, I'll still use the phrase junk food, like jokingly, but I don't like talking about guilty pleasures and I don't like ascribing moral mm-hmm. qualities to food. Yeah. And it's taken me to like to this point in my life to get to, you know what? I actually don't fucking care. Mm-hmm. And like, there's so much out there about like, just actually turns out like, if you are over a certain weight threshold, it actually can be better for your health. And oh, it turns out you will never permanently be able to lose weight without hurting yourself. Yeah. That one I still struggle with on a regular mm-hmm. basis. Um, Mm. but yeah, it's very much that, like, this is something that your body needs to live Mm -hmm. and to, like, be healthy Mm -hmm. and, like, you are taught to hate it. You're taught to hate how your body is. And, like, the Yerks are taught the same thing. They're taught to hate pool life. They're taught that it's subpar, that they can't possibly live fulfilling lives in the Yerk pool. Mm -hmm. And like, it, it just makes me think of, you know, all of the people who struggle with uh, eating disorders who then deprive themselves in one way or another because they've been told that their body is worthless. And just the the way of the way society tells her that there is a way that you have to be and will do everything they can to make anything that isn't that harder. Mm-hmm. Cause it is a form of control. Mm-hmm. We talk about like white privilege and heteronormativity and um ableism and things like society is built around the needs and requirements of such a small subset of society mm-hmm. and everyone is expected to get in that box. It's just like, well, we have it perfectly functional. Just why don't you just change to fit in the box? Right. Because that's the way they want it to be. Mm-hmm. And we could go off onto a tirade about capitalism here. <laughs> um, another time. But, it's just so interesting to get with Cassie, who we already know has this empathy and understanding for people, for her to get to experience that. Because I mm-hmm. don't think, like she said, the others don't want to view Yerks as anything other than this evil monolith to be defeated. I imagine it would deeply mess with any of the others. Mm-hmm. Like... Just like, I do not want to contend with that information because it makes what I have to do too hard. Yeah. 
in a way that would legitimately, in many ways, be detrimental to the war. Mm. Like, not, not, it's, you know, it's not just that, like, oh, it's too hard. Like, it's, they, Cassie has a very unique perspective Mm. where she can entertain these things and also continue to fight. Yeah. And I don't know that the others are wired in a way to be able to do that without mm. like time that they do not have. Mm. Um, yeah, I think all of them would have the potential to do it if there was the time and space. Right. To. Yeah. Because we've we shown time and time again that these are emotionally intelligent, compassionate children. Yes. Who want to do the right thing. Right. But they're not starting from that place. No. They have to, they would have to grow into it. And they Mm -hmm. don't have the luxury of being able to do that. Mm -hmm. I gotta mention the fake out ending because it pissed me off. Yeah. Yeah. Like, let me be clear. I have no problem with going, hey, Aftran, how would you like to be a whale? That is fucking dope. I love that. Give me a fucking, yeah, chilling in a humpback whale and making friends with other whales. I genuinely like that. Mm-hmm. I, what I don't appreciate is being faked out. Just like, because yeah. the vulnerability it would take for Aftran to say to Cassie, content warning for assisted suicide, kill me it will be kinder than letting me starve and they are never going to stop looking for me what it takes for her to do that and the the way the chapter implies that cassie might do that Mm -hmm. because the way they talk seems like cassie is like it's being explained to her why aftran needs this from her Mm mm-hmm and for then for the last chapter to go, ha, didn't have to do the thing. Secret third option. Just like, okay, as much as I'd like the third option, and yeah. I do. Yeah. It's not, it feels bad. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it also, it's an ass pull because it stopped Cassie from having to do a thing. That would then it, put her in the, in the same boat as maybe Rachel and to understand Rachel more. Right. And that feels like a real loss. Yeah. It's, we are, we are deprived of the emotional joint journey from point A to mm. point C. Yes. Cause we're led to believe we're going to point B and we yeah. don't, <laughs> but we're deprived yeah. of that emotional journey of Cassie. Mm stopping and thinking about it. It it feels extremely rushed is what it is. Yeah, if we if we had another chapter or even just like a bit more talking about Cassie, it's like, oh, I actually I have a thought. Would mm-hmm. you consider this? Mm-hmm. Then it would bother me less. It's just it, like you say, it goes from A to C and we don't know how we got there. It's just like, but I thought we were going to there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when are we gonna get to the fireworks factory? You know. But you know, not fun. Yeah. Like I would 
I would rather have the conversation with Aftran about giving up her own species mm. and like that choice of yeah, do what, what I it means, what it yeah. means to go into exile basically yeah um to to give up her essentially her whole culture she does mm-hmm. she going into this there's no way that she can know if she's ever going to see another yerk again yeah. like she's she's giving all of that up living in relative isolation not true isolation because this isn't a like, david situation yeah and because you know humpback whales are psychic but like mm. Uh, how could but, we forget about the psychic <laughs> whales fucking but star like, trek whatever movie it is up in here <laughs> you we mean the best star trek movie <laughs> do i daniel do i uh no you're right galaxy quest wish. is the best star trek movie thank you <laughs> uh but yeah like i i would I would much rather have, like, see that conversation. Like, even mm. if you're going to have a hard turn and, and Cassie just like, oh, I just had an idea. Like, I would like to see that conversation. Because even if then, even if we saw that, like, oh, I have an idea, cut to Aftran as a whale. Mm. It would still feel, I would still feel kind of cheated. Yeah. Of... Like- that, those extra one see, or two chapters. Yeah. Imagine if we got to see Aftran talking to Tobias about what it's like to be a Nolothet. Like, mm. how yeah. engaging that would be. Yeah. And, yeah. And in a, in a voluntary way, but mm. also, and, and being able to choose whatever. I want to see. <laughs> Aftran your big book of animals. <laughs> that like, and how Cassie how Aftran acquired this whale. Just like <laughs> go down to the beach. Okay. <laughs> was like w- 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 was Aftran like riding along in dolphin mode on somebody until they she must the have whale? Been. I mean cl- yeah, but also like the fuck, guy? <laughs> also now I'm just actually deeply upset by the notion of a yerk infesting someone and then acquiring their DNA while in their brain. Because oh, you could. I hate that. Yep, you sure could. I hate it. You're welcome. I'm sorry I did <laughs> <laughs> uh, Seep into the cracks of somebody's brain and do a DNA scan. <laughs> Animorphs. Children's books. Yeah. Uh-uh. Yeah, but the final images of Aftran are very good. And yes. like I'm glad that she could choose a form that like notice she chose one that isn't necessarily gonna suffer from a lot of hunger. Mm-hmm. Um and is still a swimming species mm-hmm. but also doesn't really face any predators mm-hmm. for the most part. And, like, is... Also, aren't, like, a... I don't know how whales tend to be classified, because they eat, like, krill and, like, very small mm-hmm. stuff. I don't know if they're qualified as predators. I suppose it might depend on the whale. Because yeah, we all I don't know, know about I'd... orcas. 
Yeah. I don't know if I'd qualify them as pred. I mean, they are. Are they omnivorous, I suppose? No. In that regard? Well, so some, uh, depending on what kind of plankton they eat, they could also be eating, like, uh, herbaceous plankton, for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, welcome to animal googling with the escafil files <laughs> yeah yeah um no it's good this is just the thought just occurred to me about like how i don't know how some of those sort of that i tend to think of as like big ass sea cows mm-hmm. um but also when i think about like pigs pigs will eat basically anything they can get Goats are quite similar, even though I believe goats are technically herbivores, but you know, you see a goat and that will try and eat something. Yeah. Goats are great, to be clear. (laughs) Uh, I mean, their physiology prevents them from eating a lot of things. Like, as long as it's tiny. Yeah. Like, they could probably swallow it and not notice. Um, Mm -hmm. They probably do. Um. I suppose it's, it's a matter of what is small enough for them to eat. Yeah. I mean, it's, I'm thinking about it because, like, um, the, de- the definition we have for, like, birds of prey. Because, like, mm. pretty much every single perching bird is a predator. They just eat insects. But we mm. don't consider them birds of prey because it, the definition of birds of prey is, like, really long-winded. It's like, yeah, so it's these birds that generally hunt vertebrates. Uh, that are large in comparison to themselves, and also they have like a hooked beak and talons, and generally good mm-hmm. eyesight. And it's like that's the mm-hmm. definition of a bird of prey. <laughs> um, mm. and it's it's to differentiate them from a perching bird. And it's like the we know looking at them, these are definitely very different kinds of bird, but the definition yeah, but- has to be really involved. Well, this is what I just had a thought of, which is so I just went and looked at how shrikes are considered classic cl- classification speaking a songbird. Uh huh. But they've got the little hooked bill and they spear their living vertebrate prey on thorns. Mm hmm. They don't Biologists. have talons, though. I'm just going to give a shout out to the biologists out there, just like. Mm-hmm. Um, this is why taxonomies are limiting and mm-hmm. they are, they're a tool. They are not the be all and end all. Here we go. Um, uh, baleen whales are carnivorous marine mammals. So, you know, you could call them predators. Uh, cause when we think of carnivores, we think of predators. Uh, mm-hmm. but it is funny to think about because they're eating. What is what is what so amounts to things. ocean insects? Mm-hmm. I've learned something today. I love doing animals content. <laughs> get to have emotions. Get to learn animal facts. Good uh-huh. time. Yep. Get to suffer. Yep. Just all around a good time. All around a good time. Um. But yeah, I don't know if I can think about any other uh, prescient points that I had about the book that I wanted to bring up. Okay. Well, why don't we go through like the rankings and stuff with you? Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, so possible ranking uh, for plot. Oh, like a nine or a ten. Like, mm-hmm. it's up there. Yeah. It's incredibly well written and paced as well, for the most mm-hmm. part. 
for the most Except part. for the very end. I think, yeah, mostly that, yeah. And there are a couple of points where it's like, mm, that's a little bit, you know, <laughs> do mm-hmm. a squinty face at it. Let's say, let's say a nine. It loses a point for that fucking A to C and a couple of mm-hmm. other minor bits. Mm-hmm. Characterization? Ten. There was nobody in there that I was like, bad vibes. Yeah. I mean, I might have liked to see more of certain people, but that wasn't this story. Right. What we saw of everyone felt good. Oh, mm-hmm. do I have to give a quick shout out to Rachel in the cafeteria being like, excuse you? No, 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 no. Cassie and Jake are together and they're going to the dance. <laughs> so you need to step off. And they're mm-hmm. just like, yes, we love this. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I do uh, like Cassie being just like, Rachel, no. Please, yeah. no. And Rachel's just like, no, I got this. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, tag yourself. I'm Cassie. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I, I use that considering I know for a fact that you blogged that comic with the honey badger. Uh, with the honey badger, just like I will disembowel that person for you. Just like, what about emotional support? Look, I do what I can. Enjoyability slash satisfaction. It's an incredibly good book. Like mm-hmm. my own personal like emotional responses to certain elements of the plot, I don't think diminish from it mm-hmm. uh, or should be counted against it um mm-hmm. so I'd, I'd say yeah like right up there again like again those small minor dips but for what is added to the law of the universe like the whole fucking sequence with cassie in the yerk pool and mm-hmm. then the escape with aftran mm-hmm. fucking incredible love yeah. the whole thing yeah so it's like yes we love to see it. We love to see Visser 3 be like, not today, asshole. You know, <laughs> it's great. And all the people like cheering in the cage, just like, yeah, fuck yeah. yeah. It's just like, yeah, I'm here for this. <laughs> That's the kind of stuff I love. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's good shit. It's real uh, good shit. Mm-hmm. Did you have a favorite part? <sighs> it's a loaded question. It is a loaded question. And I feel it's very... That whole, as I said, the sequence with Cassie going into the Yerk pool mm-hmm. as in Yerk morph, mm-hmm. getting to Aftran, rescuing Aftran, like, I feel like that hit all the good buttons. Yeah. But I liked a lot of the quieter moments, like Cassie with Axe, mm-hmm. especially because you and I have talked before about how Cassie seem, can be really odd with Axe. Mm-hmm. And this seemed to be like the first time where Cassie seemed to like him, not just tolerate him. Hmm. So. Uh, I also got to give a shout out to Cassie's mum, who does not question Cassie's need to read a book on brain surgery. <laughs> yeah. Quality parenting. <laughs> it's like, my daughter's a nerd and I support her. Here you go, <laughs> darling. Here's the chapter you need. Can't wait. Good luck with the paper. <laughs> incredible. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, did anything surprise you? Um, I don't know necessarily surprise. Like, there may be a couple of beats or maybe expected the story to go in a slightly different direction. Still kind of gutted that we didn't see brain surgery from the inside. Because <laughs> I think that would have been dope. 
um, and would have probably taken it enough out of reality and into sci-fi that it, it wouldn't have been an issue for my brain. Mm. Um, but uh, nothing really surprised me. I, though I suppose like Cassie fucking soloing the Yerk pool level uh, <laughs> for the sake of video game terminology, just like uh -huh. heart, uh, playing on expert mode. Yep. No lives, just like... <laughs> just, I wasn't expecting to see it, I guess. Yeah. Like, for all that's just like, yeah, book 29's good, and everyone's very good about not spoiling stuff, but I wasn't expecting to be, this is the one where Cassie is the badassest of badasses. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it's sick as hell. You know, yeah. like the, the comic of Mission Control stayed a sick. That was yes. me reading that <laughs> section of the book. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Uh, did any part not make sense to you, or did you not understand any part? Oh, just that bit at the end that we've just already yeah. picked apart. Mm -hmm. So, and that was more from a, a narrative flow perspective rather than any in-universe content, as mm -hmm. it were. Uh, and do you think it's essential animorphs reading? Um, if you are not triggered by detailed medical procedures or the sight and descriptions of somebody being sick with a possibly terminal illness or something that is the risk of terminal absolutely just mm -hmm. be kind to yourself if you, and know what your limits are but if if those things aren't issues for you or any of the other elements the elements, then yes go in i mean i do not regret reading it despite all of that so yes mm -hmm. yeah izzy and i said said as much like this book is fucking intense but if you think you can like, get through it without hurting yourself, then definitely read it. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. All right. Cool. Uh, well, my co-host, as always, has been the illustrious Jade. You can find them on the internet at Jade Oxford Rose. Um, you can also listen to them on uh, their home podcast, Follow the Leader, which has just recently... Stops. Season mm -hmm. six is starting soon. Yeah. Season six is starting very soon. They just finished uh, posting uh, the remainder of Sagas of the Sunless Reach, uh, which was a short um, campaign that Jade was in last summer. Uh, that is extremely good. Um, highly recommend. Um, <laughs> I just met the Bright Lady. So, you know, fun. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> i mean yeah uh i'm generally speaking any like vaguely femme coded goddess i tend to mm -hmm. be very gay for <laughs> it's just who i am as a person uh -huh. you're valid um Thank but you, you. <laughs> you can you can find that podcast at FTLcast on twitter or you know wherever you get your podcast content and my incredible co-host patient as ever indulgent as always uh, is Danielle. You can find them on the internet at RedtailedHawk90. And you should fucking tune in to the room where it happened because they are gearing up for season three and there is some SCP bullshit <laughs> happening on that, on that fucking <laughs> podcast feed right now. There is eerie singing. There is static radio. There is somebody doing a gesture that may or may not be dabbing. I'm fairly certain it's not, but it was fun to see people calling it that. Either way, 
Uh, we've got more of that good Appalachian flavor, but this is not reality as we know it. And I am very excited for what's coming. So you should uh, get on the train now because you won't have to catch up with nothing. You can just get mm -hmm. on board. And uh, mm -hmm. it's going to be a, if the fucking teasers are anything to go by, this is going to be one hell of a ride. Uh, check out Roomware Pod on Twitter or the room where it happened, where you get your podcasts. <laughs> All right. Let's do a clap. Let's do a clap. At 35? 